Greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Get Right To It with your boy, Chris Stevens. Wow, it has been a while since I've done an episode on a solo. Well, I'll be honest with y'all. Life got really busy for me. Like, my day job has really picked up to the point where it is a 9 to 5 now. They would tell me in the beginning, you, we don't expect you to work from 9 to 5. Well, that has changed. So, I have to adjust and adapt as much as I feel like, you know, in some respects, it kind of sort of plays against everything I was, the job was presented to me as being, and then still having to do everything else that I, still making time to do everything else that I want to do outside of that has been a challenge, including this podcast. But I'm going to do better with time management and different things of that nature, so I can get back to doing this as a weekly show. Overall, life hasn't been bad at all. It's just been very busy, you know, with my day job, with my basketball blog that I run here, I cover high school and college basketball here in the state of Delaware. I'm the only one that does what I do, and I do it well. So I have to be consistent. I have to be reliable. I have to be dedicated, and it's taken up a lot of my time. My personal life, we'll probably talk more about that in more episodes. I'm still very much trying to figure out this whole dating scene and the phase of my life that I would like to have that I didn't have in my 20s and my 30s. That is probably pretty damn hard to try to attempt now that I'm 41, but we shall see what happens. Overall, life ain't bad, like I said, you know, just busy, but got a show for y'all. It's packed. It's going to be the usual suspects as far as topics go, talking about things that's going on in culture, society, lifestyle, everything that you want in a podcast that doesn't pertain to sports. I got to get back to my sports podcast. Will Foskey is going to kick my ass. I got to do a crossover over on New Pod City at some point before the year is out. I'm going to get to that. But overall, got a show for y'all. It's packed. Going to talk about some things of interest that are going on in the world. Of course, you know, there's the whole thing with Twitter imploding on itself thanks to Apartheid Clyde. There's the whole Tory Lanez trial. We got a lot to talk about and not a lot of time to talk about it. So, as usual, like we always do at this time, let's get right to it. As I mentioned in the beginning, there is more to the story of Apartheid Clyde, or Tesla Tim, as I like to call him, uh, tanking Twitter. Um, recently as today, as the recording of this episode, Twitter has announced that they will no longer allow people to link to other apps, other social media apps, such as the ones that are on the rise, like Post, Hive Social, Mastodon, Instagram, Facebook. He's going to start banning people who are trying to get off of the uh, Twitter bandwagon. And that is so wild to think about because, hey man, look, we knew what was going to happen when this dude backed out of the deal and then had to go back into the deal because he didn't want to go through the court phase of it. I mean, this is Jack Dorsey's fault. Don't get me wrong. Jack Dorsey's very much responsible for Twitter going by the wayside, letting Elon buy this for 44 million 44 billion knowing damn well he didn't want to buy it for 44 billion he just said he would and they said oh we're going to give you that price tag and if you back out we'll sue and knowing that he wasn't going to want to go to court he said all right I'll just buy the shit and tank it and that's what he's done he's let all the racists all the homophobes all the 4chan's the QAnon's the MAGA's back on i saw somewhere where the n word on twitter not the one with the A, the one with the ER increased by 202% since um, Elon Musty um, bought Twitter. 
You know how bad you have to hate black people just to be happy to be back on the app just to call them niggers? I don't understand the hate that black people have gotten over the years. I mean, generational hate. They took Africa from the Africans with the Berlin Convention in 1884, 1885. They shipped our ancestors, well, grabbed our ancestors and shipped us over here to the United States. Made Had us enslaved for 250 plus years. Then when they figured out they couldn't keep us in the cotton fields and in rags and in chains anymore, they did something called Jim Crow. And then when they couldn't figure out Jim Crow, they just started figuring out other little loopholes to just make black people's lives and live in hell. Now they've come back around to, oh, we want to reenact Jim Crow just because. And this dude is a part of that. Don't get me wrong. He's absolutely a part of that. You know, just letting people back on that are just comfortable calling black people niggers, saying that women shouldn't have rights to their own bodies, saying that trans people should be forced to be their assigned gender at birth. Like, these are some shitty people having battery being put in their back by an absolutely shitty person with billions of dollars. And it sucks because Twitter, once upon a time, was like a great place to connect, a great place to learn, and a great place to just vibe. Like, the early years of Twitter, we all cut a damn fool. I mean, we all have grown and evolved since then. And even since our growth and evolution as human beings, we've still had fun on Twitter. You know, we live tweet sporting events like the NBA Finals, the Super Bowl. We live tweet the Grammys. There was nothing like being on Twitter when your favorite or everybody's favorite person dropped an album or a new project. I'll never forget when uh, Beyonce dropped self-titled. It was one of, I think, yeah, I was working at Dell Tech at this point. I was working at, um, at my local community college as a public information officer. And it was one of those nights where I was getting back from some event. And I said, you know what? I'm going to stay up tonight because I don't have to work the next day. Because I, I would, you know, they would have me let my hours, set my hours up in such a way that I could set my own hours. And because I was under contract, I couldn't go over a certain amount. If I made that certain amount in four days instead of five, then I just wouldn't go in on Friday. And I think this was, I think this was a Thursday. I could be wrong. Or maybe it was one of those Fridays where I just was working, you know, where I moved it around, having a Friday event and said, you know what? I'm not doing this. I'm just going to, you know, stay up and chill and vibe. The night Beyonce dropped self-title was sponsored by the word bitch. Because that's all you saw on the Twitter timeline. Nobody knew she had an album coming. No one knew that this was going to be an ode to her and Jay-Z's sex life. <laughs> but that's what it was. And you had to be present for those moments on Twitter. Like, you know, when LeBron and the Cavs overcame 3-1 deficit against the Golden State Warriors. That was one of the greatest nights in Twitter history. When we all mourned when Trump won the election the first time around. We all breathed a sigh of relief when Joe Biden won this last one. We all have made fun of Herschel Walker after he lost to Senator Raphael Warnick. Twitter was a great place once upon a time. Now it's just turning into another corner of the internet for racists, misogynists, homophobes, trans haters, and all these just absolute dregs of society to meet up and commiserate about how much they hate other people and how they don't want those other people to exist. It is Jack Dorsey's fault for putting the battery in Elon Musty's back. To, and Elon Musty has put the battery in the back of so many horrible people that Twitter is just now an unbearable place to be. And it's so funny because the way racism is, if you want somebody gone, if you want somebody, if you don't want to be around somebody, you would take every imaginable step to not be around those people or that person, correct? So whenever these folks get banned from Twitter, they come running back when the bans are lifted because they just live to antagonize people. 
and they know they hate themselves. They know they're boring people. Somebody tried to start a dating app that was just for conservatives and right-wing people, and that shit sank like a stone. Nobody wants to be bothered with y'all when y'all just talk about hate all day long. You know, when you're trying to get to know somebody, you're trying to, you know, make it light, make it cute, make it fun. Not, oh man, those bo- those niggers in their rap music. Oh man, what about those wetbacks coming across the border? Oh, what about that person who thinks he's a woman and all of that? Nobody wants to be bothered with that shit. Conservatives are horrible people and they know they're horrible people. So if they can't stand to be around themselves, they need to be around somebody. So what do they do? They follow the people with common sense to these different corners of the internet in the world and then just antagonize them because they are lonely and bored and misery loves company. It's really that simple. And it sucks because, once again, we are losing a great resource. Like, there have been lives that have been changed because of Twitter. There have been movements that have been started because of Twitter. There have been people that have been educated and had their minds opened up because of Twitter. And now it's just another place where... Shitty people can complain about being shitty people to the people who don't want anything to do with shitty people. It's a terrible place to be. And it sucks because, I mean, so many of us who are creatives and have businesses and have art and different things to share, where do we go from here? Because you're not going to find something as all-encompassing and as diverse as Twitter right away. Like, there are so many different startup apps right now. I mean, once again, there's Mastodon. There's Hive Social. There's Post. Reign of April started one. I just joined her joint. It's called Spill. Um, there's a black Twitter app. You know, like a legit black Twitter app for black people. And it's going to be hard to foster that connection because everybody's just going to splinter off. Like Twitter, you knew where everybody was. Once Twitter dies, you don't know where people are going to go. And you may just have to, I mean, it's almost like a mass exodus at some point. It's almost like a great migration of social media. You know, there'll be times, you know, I think I think it's almost like Juneteenth in a sense. You know, when slaves were free, slaves in Texas didn't know they were free until June 19th, 1865. Black people already knew what it was with slavery because we had already been split up. We already had been taken from our families and put with this white plantation and all of that. And once we were free, I mean, everybody we knew, we didn't know them anymore. They were either dead or just like, you know, so far off the beaten path, there was no point to find them. I mean, back in those days, it wasn't like it was a telephone. It wasn't like it was the internet. It wasn't like it was, you know, any real form of communication other than, you know, telegrams and shit in the mail. I mean, you can probably find close to a reasonable percentage of people that you followed on different apps and message boards and all that. But you're not going to get everybody back. There's always going to be someone or something missing. And it's horrible. And I really wish people would sit and understand what Musk has done. And it's on purpose. Because he's one of those people, like the like the, the 45th man baby. He's a billionaire man baby. Like Those people hate when people don't like them, even though they are very unlikable people. That's usually the general rule. People who aren't likable hate the fact that they're unlikable, but they never really want to explore the fact why they're unlikable. That's where this all stems from. It's really a case of... Wow, I'm a shitty human being, but I don't want to take responsibility or accountability for the fact that I'm a shitty human being. And I have more on that in a second. I mean, I'm just talking about this from the white tech bro perspective. I'm getting on the black man perspective in a minute. Don't get me wrong, because we need to talk about the ways these brothers are just out here acting a damn fool. I'm going to miss Twitter. It changed my life. I had people cheering me on with my weight loss journey. People have bought books from me. 
People have listened to my podcast, have supported my vlogs, you know, chatted with me about this and that. Maybe I didn't have the, you know, Twitter after dark experience I would have liked that a lot of people seem to have. Like somebody posed the question about the last three people they had sex with, where they meet them from. Most people said Twitter. And I'm thinking to myself, must be nice. <laughs> but aside from that, I made some great connections. I had some great vibes. You know, there are some people that I want to keep in touch with after this app dies. And I'm hopeful that we still can. But it's just going to be so hard to find everybody once this thing kicks the bucket because everybody's just going to splinter off to different places. And it's going to take a while to find folks. But that's the point. The cruelty has always been the point with those types of folks like Elon Musty, like the Orange Bandit and all these other right wing Republican assholes who can't stand the sight of themselves or each other, but have the nerve to hate everybody else who's, you know, has common sense and wants to do the right thing in life. It stinks and it's very disappointing. It's hurtful. It's sad. And it's really just going to take time for folks to find that sense of community again, because Twitter was a once in a lifetime thing. There will be documentaries made about Twitter. There will be movies made about Twitter. There will be books written about Twitter because you, it was one of those things where if you weren't there, you didn't get it. But if you were there, you got it. And it's going to take a very long time before something like that comes up again. Said I was going to mention the uh, entitlement and the lack of accountability or the avoidance of accountability and responsibility from black men in another segment. And here we are. I spent 10 minutes talking about how racist white dudes don't want to take accountability for the fact that they're racist white dudes and people don't fuck with them for that simple fact. Now we're going to talk about why black men are mad at black women who don't really want to be bothered with them at this point in time and that really want to just make everybody else's life a living hell because they feel like they're owed being the center of the community. That has never been more evident than in the case of the state of California versus Inch High Shooting Eye versus Muggsy Bogus versus Mini, Micro Mini, Attempted Murderer, Daystar Peterson, better known as Tory Lanez. And watching people twist their words after all of this, after everything that has come out in court, that this man has tried to bribe people, that Megan Thee Stallion's bodyguard has gone missing ahead of his scheduled testimony after her former friend uh, um, admitted that this dude tried to bribe her with a million dollars and then got played in the courtroom her September interview that disavowed everything that she said on the witness stand. The gunshot residue and the examinations proved that Megan was indeed shot. So many people are just so ready to say, oh, that bitch lying. Oh, she was fucking her friend's man. She can't be trusted. That's why she got shot. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, you know, black women, we don't need to protect black women. Black women can do it all by themselves. They hate black men so much. You niggas are embarrassing, man. And I don't use that word very often. I use embarrassing all the time. I just don't use the N word. But yeah, you niggas are embarrassing. I'm sorry. Anybody who has listened to this podcast and they knows how I talk, y'all know I usually don't vibe like this. I'm not a curse word person. But I got to be honest about all of this. And, important, and it's important to be honest because if a man doesn't speak up, no one wants to hear it. And this is coming from a dude who once upon a time used to have great issue with women. Like when I was at my lowest point, when I was over 300 pounds, when I hated myself, when I used to judge 
women for different things and all of that. I'm pro- I pro- I'm probably going to tell a personal story that it's sh- it's shameful to tell. I mean, it's it's shameful that it happened, but it it's it's important to note from a growth perspective. But I'll get to that in a minute. But I want people to really understand why these dudes have targeted Megan Thee Stallion. I mean, they target all black women. Don't get me wrong, but seeing this case play out in court, knowing that this dude is guilty is homemade sin and probably will still get off because her friend lied so much that the jury probably doesn't know what to believe at this point. It sucks, but I want people to understand why Megan is a target. She's five foot ten, five eleven, however much. She has a figure that women of other races go see Dr. Miami for. That's Houston, Texas fed. Like literally, that that's how she come. That's how she, you know, that's how she is. No, no additives or anything else necessary. That is all Megan. She can rap. You might not like the subject matter. But if you can sit here and say that her flow isn't peak, you a damn lie. Like Megan freestyles before she started dropping albums were absolutely ridiculous. She has one over Hypnotize that I come back to weekly. She also has one over the ZZ beat. Best use of that beat yet because Kodak Black is a monster. It should never be seen in public again. Which sucks because ZZ is a phenomenal beat. I can even deal with Offset's verse on that song. You know, if somebody could just give me a version... With Offset and Travis Scott and leave um, Kodak Black off of it, I would I would probably put it back on my running playlist because I love that song on my running playlist until I found out how just how awful Kodak Black was. But anyway, Megan be rapping, she's fine, she can get to a bag. Some people were arguing that oh she lied on Tory Lanez because the record industry paid her to do it. Why would why would Megan need to take money from the record industry when she's hosted SNL? She has. A Super Bowl commercial. She did the uh, Vogue show. I can't remember the ballroom show. I can't remember the name of it. She's got, you know, all these different bags with like Maybelline and all these other beauty products and all of that. She doesn't need money. Yes, her record company is awful. She's trying to get out of that deal. And somebody said, oh man, she bought her way. She probably need to shut. She made it up to shoot that Tory shot her so she could buy her way out of the contract. Well, she's still stuck in the contract. She didn't ask for enough money. So make it make sense. If you're going to lie on somebody and somebody's going to pay you to lie, wouldn't you ask for enough money to clear up all your problems? That makes sense to me. I don't know if it makes sense to anybody else, but it makes sense to me. So yes, we have a big problem. And the problem is that black men have adopted a bunch of incel, four pill, red pill, 4chan talking points because they hate black women so bad because black women have put their foot down as far as how people want as far as how they've been treated by black men. These dudes hate it, man. I've already talked ad nauseum about my cousin who literally tried to throw a Georgia election to Herschel Walker and it flopped. And he's still going around talking Republican points even though even after the loss, talking about, oh, we still coming. We're gonna find the right candidate. Um, black men are going to have their place back in society again. Why are black women, you know, you know, hell bent on taking everything from us? You know, again, niggas is embarrassing. Y'all are embarrassing. And somebody needs to tell you that another man needs to tell you, you are embarrassing. And y'all coming at this woman, like she has gone through hell. Like she lost her, like Bun B already said it, you know, Bun B, one of the few male rappers to speak out, Trill OG. 
true to his word, true to his nickname, says she's lost her mother, her grandmother, her father. She's navigating this world alone. Megan is 27 years old. I don't know about you, but 27 was one of them years where I didn't know a damn thing. I can't imagine being 27 without my mother. You know, my father had already passed away when I was 18, so that was like besides the point. He was never around anyway. You know, my grandmother had died a couple of summers prior to that. So, it was. I mean, I still had my mother, but I couldn't imagine being 27 years old at this stage of my life, experiencing fame, wealth, success, and all the hate that comes with it and not have family by my side and know that one of my best friends sold me down the river for a million dollars and got mad because allegedly they've been banging the same dudes. Let me tell you something. Everybody in this world ain't smashing different people. There is a revolving door in every corner of the world. I live in Delaware. I'm going to tell you right now. If people got mad about who used to smash who around here, the bullets would be flying even more than they already are. There's six degrees of separation everywhere else. There's two in Delaware. That means there's probably two in Hollywood. One and a half in black Hollywood, if we're being honest. So let's be real about this. If y'all, I mean, if, if it is true that, you know, there was some dirty macking going on. There's ways to go about that that doesn't involve shooting somebody. Those are the facts. Regardless of what it is, Megan got shot. Examinations, the tests, all of that prove it. The problem is they can't decide whether it was Kelsey or Tori. I still say it was Tori. I mean, maybe maybe, maybe they both held the gun and shot her. I don't know. I mean, neither, none of us were there. But I'm going to tell you this. Seeing black men... And not just black men that are young men that are already frustrated and feeling hateful because the younger women don't want to be beholden to them anymore. But old ass dudes, old grown men, grown ass men, dog. 42 year old Joe Budden talking about don't nobody want to say nothing. Don't nobody want to say nothing. We already know you in the bestiality, dog. Sit this one out. Curtis damn near 50 years old Jackson. Not Curtis 50 cent Jackson. Curtis damn near 50 year old Jackson. Making a meme about Meg and, J and Jussie Smollett. You are 47 years old. Don't you have any bigger things to worry about? Why your grown son hates your guts because you absolutely ignored him? Because you hated his mother so bad? And that he still wants a relationship with you, but you just won't give it to him because you're an asshole? 47 years old. Worrying about a 27-year-old woman that got shot. Y'all are embarrassing. It's about time somebody told you that y'all were embarrassing. Because this is ridiculous. It's absolutely absurd. None of this makes sense. The hatred, the vitriol, y'all are terrible people. And the fact that y'all won't admit to being terrible people, or, or, or the fact that you run from being terrible people, just makes it worse on anybody else that hopes to have a, have any you know decent relationships with black women because y'all are just pissing them off so bad that they're either done with black men or just done with men in general. And I know people will sit here and say, oh, man, black women, uh, women, you know, they just, you know, they, they, you know, they cash app hungry now. They hung money hungry and all of that. Have y'all stopped and think that that's a defense mechanism, that that's a survival strategy? Because we don't know how to treat black women as human beings. We don't. And I know I don't have enough of a following to where a bunch of no-taps and red pills and Kerwin sandals disciples are going to come up here and say, oh man, you can't speak for all black men. Oh, you just, or, or, or you pandering and all of that. It's like, okay, 
Say I was panicked. Okay, I'm going to tell you this story. I'm going to get this story out of the way because it's important. Once upon a time, I was talking to a woman, and this was back in my early 20s. So this was at least 15 years ago, at least. And I'll never forget, she was talking about how she went on vacation, and she had fun on her vacation. I mean, this woman ain't spoke to me in years, so it's not like she's ever going to find this story out. But she said she had her first experience with a white dude. I think, no, matter of fact, she said it with two white dudes. And I just, I mean, virtually, I looked down my nose at her. And, I, you know, I literally was just like, well, you don't need to talk to me then. Like, just literally so disgusted that she was sexual on a vacation <laughs> that I literally just started treating her like trash. And, we, and it wasn't like, you know, we were ever going to be in a relationship or anything like that. I, mean, I think it was, you know, one of those things where you just talk to somebody online for so long that y'all just end up, you know, talking about whatever. But maybe... You still think there may be a chance, but then, you know, it was foolish. And there are more stories like that. Like there are stories I have into my 30s that I've treated women less than correct. And that's my that's my cross to bear. That's something I'm still learning from. That's something I'm still trying to overcome because I, too, was beholden to this thing that women are only obsessed with the better looking guys, the richer guys. The ones that, you know, just can't keep the women off of them. Like, what are they, like, what's so special about him? You know, that type of shit. I'm still learning from those mistakes. And I can admit that. Because I believe in accountability. Because now I believe in accountability. You can get me to talk about accountability in my 20s and my early 30s. Then when I reached about 35, it was like, you know what? Things look a little different than I would have liked. And why do those things look a little different? I probably need to be honest with myself. And being honest with myself is looking like, you know what? You projected a lot of your insecurities on other people. And you ruined a lot of what could have been by just being an absolute asshole. Those are the conversations you have to have with yourself. If you are going to be in a, you know, if you're going to grow and if you're going to evolve as a human being. Those are the conversations you need to have with yourself. And until you have those conversations with yourself, then you're just going to be out here, you know, being happy that a woman is going through some serious trauma because somebody shot her. And y'all think it's funny. Y'all think it's cool. Y'all think it's a victory of some sort. When the reality is black women and abuse victims that you know see this and are just going to continue to distance themselves from you. That's the reality of it. Y'all need to grow up, man. We all need to grow up. Black men need to grow up and do better. That's really what it boils down to at this point. I don't know what this case is going to look like. I know they say that, you know, final witnesses will be heard Monday. Maybe the guy, maybe the bodyguard will show up. Maybe he won't. Closing arguments are scheduled for later on in the week, and then they'll turn it over to the jury. I don't know if we're going to have a decision by the next time we do a get right to it, but I do know this. Black women are tired, and I understand why they are tired. And you dudes who constantly want to make it about you, everything is always, oh, my God, you know, Black women are this. Black women are that. Um, why do we have? Why should we care about their well-being? Why should we care about them? They don't care about us. Same black women that are always marching when one of us gets shot by the police. Same ones that literally begged us to go to the polls to vote to save what is left of this god-awful country. Those black women. Black women that have given so much to the world in terms of art, politics, education, creativity, black women who are the finest motherfuckers walking planet earth. 
That black woman, y'all got to grow up, man. That's really what it boils down to. I don't know how you sit here, and, and you can't you can't really use the mother argument against these dudes anymore because these dudes hate their mama too. Like you can sit here, like you can obviously say, oh man, you really think, like, you know, what if somebody said, you know, fuck your mama, or somebody, I'm glad somebody shot your mom. Like, they'd be like, I'm glad that bitch got shot. These dudes hate their mama too. So it's pointless. We have reached a danger zone when it comes to Black relationships and black society in general. These dudes literally hate women and will do nothing but and will not stop. They will not stop until they feel like black women are duly punished for not falling, you know, in line with them anymore. And I, I don't think there's enough of us, I don't think there's enough black men who want to do right that can change this at this point. I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong because there are a lot of brothers who are speaking out. I see quite a few people on Twitter and social media saying, yo, this ain't it. You know, we got to do better by black women. And those guys are met with, oh, she's not going to fuck you, bro. Oh, you just trying to get some pussy. Oh, you pandering. It's like, why can't dudes just be good human beings? Why does sex always have to be a caveat? Oh, I get it. Because that's all you think black women are good for. And when they, when you realize that they're not going to sleep with you, then your mask comes off. Then you reveal your evil, nasty, vile, violent, disrespectful, brutal self. So when a dude who really doesn't need to pander, and that's the funny, that's the funniest word in the world, pandering. Like being a good human being means you're pandering nowadays. I mean, that's that's what these dudes feel like. So my thing is, the brothers who act like they have common sense and who do have common sense, that that they're not pandering because they don't need to feel like you know, them being good human beings is entitlement to a reward. Because a lot of these dudes feel like sex is a reward or sex is owed to them. The dudes that are speaking out are the ones with common sense that say, you know what? I don't I don't care if I never sleep with her. I'm not going to let you dog her. And you know what? Black women and women in general who see men being good human beings, they end up with them anyway. You know why? Because being a good human being matters. So no one has to pander. I mean, you know, no one has to just say, oh, I'm just going to say this just in case, just in hopes of getting with women. Because the guys who are, spend enough time around women know them as human beings and know that their humanity is violated on a regular basis. And they're, and they're speaking out and saying this is not cool. So that's why it's funny to me when dudes say, oh, she's not going to fuck you, bro. Oh, you just trying to get some pussy. Oh, you pandering. No. The men that are speaking out are the ones who have been around women and have a healthy respect for them. The dudes that are complaining and crying and stalking and harassing, they aren't around women much because women don't want to be around them. You can see that as plain as that. And that's why we are where we are. That's why people are cheering that a woman got shot and hoping that the dude that probably shot her gets off because it means, oh, now we can do it. Oh, now, you know, it's a victory for us. Scary times, man. I don't know what we can do to change it. but We got to start making some inroads before it is seriously too late. Whew, I came back with a vengeance this episode, didn't I? Well, going to get out of here on a happy note, on a good note. This is my first Christmas in my new apartment. I have not really shared much about this place yet. I mean, I've talked about moving and different things of that nature, but I had my tree up the day after Thanksgiving. I have lights in my window. I, I may put up a couple extra strands of garland. I still want to try and find a... Um, wreath from my front door. I may do that at some point during the week because I'm off work next two weeks. I spent the first segment of this job, of this podcast, talking about 
how my job is, you know, kind of turned a little harder than I would have liked. But they gave us the last two weeks of 2022 off. Please believe I'm going to enjoy every minute of it. <laughs> you know, just relaxing, you know, just being around the house, not having to log into work and any of that stuff. Very much looking forward to the next couple weeks. But this apartment, you know, just being back on my own again after a long time of being a caretaker, you know, being, you know, the reliable one, being the, you know, problem solver. Like, I feel like I spent so much of my time. I lost my entire 30s, honestly. And I don't talk about this much because I feel humiliated by it, emasculated by it in some respects. Things that I've talked about with my therapist, don't get me wrong. So, you know, this is me kind of like looking back in retrospect. This isn't me just dumping. Like, I've already discussed this with my therapist about how I felt and the solutions that I needed to take. And she would be so proud of me. I need to reach out to her. I lost my, um, I lost contact with her because my old job wasn't paying enough. And then when my bank account got overdrafted, somebody stole money out of my account. Like my identity got stolen. I was SOL for a long time, so I had to drop therapy. And then, of course, this new job came up and everything is just moving so fast. I have not had time to get back into therapy. But that's what I plan to do in 2023. That being said, I lost my entire 30s because I was stuck trying to be the um, connector, be the um, be save the day. And the reality is I never made time to save myself. Like everyone, my best friends laugh at me. They're like, we haven't seen your apartment yet. Have you ever had company? Have you even had company yet? Well, I have, but that's a different story for another time. Um, as far as, you know, just having people over, nah. I'm, I, I signed my lease on my birthday, September 25th. I've just been enjoying the sound of my own breathing for the last three months. You know, I turn on the TV and watch football and WWE and Unsung. I blast music in here as loud as I want to. I cook when I want to. I know what food is in here. It's beautiful. And I miss that because for the last decade, I didn't have that. And I was so ashamed to talk about it because I didn't want to be looked at as one of the dudes in the previous segment. That was just an overall bum that just wasn't trying to do anything. Even though that was not my reality. People, the few people I confided in were like, no, that's not you. You need to stop being so hard on yourself. And I'm like, no, I have expectations for myself. This isn't right. I feel lame. I feel like a loser. I feel like blah, blah, blah. All the, all the projection that I mentioned in the previous thread is probably why I was so goddamn awful to women at the earlier stages of my life. Like, I literally see it on Twitter all the time that women say men are downright mean when they're broke. And I shudder because they're absolutely correct. But that's not my problem right now. I have a good job, free time. I still have free time to do what I want. I just need to manage my time better, do my work. And I still get to, I just still get to be at home and relax. And it's been so long since I've just been able to be alone that I've learned to enjoy being alone, even though I hate being lonely, which is why I'm still trying to figure out this whole dating thing. That's another podcast in itself. But this Christmas is going to be fine because I have my own home. I have my own tree. I got lights in the window. I'm going to have a good Christmas breakfast before I go over my mom's house for Christmas dinner. And I don't want anybody to think that, you know, everybody's just been problematic towards me. That's not the case. It's just the fact that I just wanted to be alone. I just want my own space. I want to be a fully formed, responsible adult. I want to bring something to the table. Like dudes always say, oh man, women always talk about, you know, men that don't bring nothing to the table. You know, what do they bring to the table? I don't mind bringing shit to the table. I want to bring shit to the table. That's just how I feel. 
And being able to say that, okay, I have my own this, I have my own that, I have a good job, I still have these passions that I can pursue. It's been a great year. I'm going to do a 2022 year review very soon. Probably next for probably next Monday since I have all the time to do it. But I just wanted to say that this Christmas is going to be a good one for me. I'm very excited for it. And I hope whatever you celebrate, you have something that gives you joy, that makes you happy, that makes you reflective of the year and makes you hopeful for 2023. That's what I want for y'all because I have it for the first time in a long time. And my God, it feels so good. Oh, man. I just want y'all to be happy the way I'm happy right now. If not, we can all work to get there together because it's possible. I'm a living witness. And that's going to do it for this edition of Get Right To It. Greatly thank y'all for listening. Go to anchor.fm forward slash G-E-T-W-R-I-T-E-T-O-I-T. Find me on Twitter for the moment at CJ Writes and Thangs. That's C-J-W-R-I-T-E-S, the letter N-T-H-A-N-G-S. Also, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or suggestions, shoot me an email. C-H-R-I-S-S-T-E-V-E-N-S-W-R-I-T-E-S at gmail.com. Thank y'all once again for listening to Get Right To It. Y'all enjoy your holidays, man. We'll catch up with y'all on Monday, December 26th for my 2022 year in review. Till then, y'all take care of yourselves, man. Peace out.